0: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host hello and you are very welcome indeed to the game on sunday podcast uh it's mike and Lester here and it's so nice to have you along Tomas McCarthy joins me here on the show to reflect on last weekend's All-Ireland-Parting semi Finals. And our special guest here for this part of the podcast is Kildare Football Manager, Glenn Ryan. Glenn, hello, how are you, sir? How are you this week? In good, Michael, and thanks for having me along. Good, man. Well, listen, we're delighted to have you with us and we'll be chatting to you in a few moments' time uh, about the season that's been, from your point of view, uh, in terms of football. But Tomas, I'm going to start with you, if I may. Uh, and obviously, we're going to reflect on last weekend, the two Harding semi finals. We had Limerick versus Galway, of course, and Kilkenny against Clare. What, what's your general summary of the two matches?
1: Well, they were a fascinating contest, to be honest with you. we had predicted that last week. Um, I had I had plumbed for uh, Limerick and Kilkenny. Um, the first game, th- look, yeah, I we had said that Galway would put her up to Limerick. In a big, 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 big way, and they did. In the first half period, they were they were very, very good. Probably should have went further ahead. Um, the goal line stop maybe um, would have put them a good distance between themselves and Limerick, and and maybe they could have held on to that lead. But I have to say, Michael, Limerick were awesome in the second half. Uh, I mean, I've watched it back again, and look their physical strength, their hunger for all the success that they had. But the ball control, the distribution, finding guys in better position, retaining possession, I, I thought they worked out. They were awesome in the second half, to be honest with you. And and they ran out deserving winners in the end. Um the second contest, yeah, look, I had said last week that Kenny were waiting in the long grass. Um, but bit of criticism in in Leinster because of the makeup of the championship. Just themselves and Galway, really serious contenders for our Ireland. And uh, you're looking at what happened in Munster and would this take too much out of the clear? Uh, a, a huge Munster championship campaign, losing in a Munster final to Limerick, um, had there something to bring to the table? Yes, they had. They brought a lot to the table. Um, probably feel a bit disappointed with the advantage not to be given for that for for that, for, for that chance for the goal. Um, but you have to admire Kilkenny, Michael, and they don't they star performers. TJ Reid, yeah, it's probably one of the greatest we've seen now, you know, and they produced the best in Shefflin and TJ Carey and Eddie Brennan and Eddie Kerr and all these guys back in the fence. But the talking point has to be the goalkeeper, one Murphy, and that that incredible save. Man, people are calling it the, the save of the century, and uh, it's certainly up there with the best I've seen, I must say. Um, just the flexibility, the touch, the the awareness, early up in the air to knock it onto the crossbar. It had everything, everything that you want to see in a contest at a fascinating time of the game to actually put to put, put the game in, in Kenny's favour.
0: Great, great to see. That that particular shot that you're talking about that Owen Murphy saved, I mean, that was on its way to the net all day long. Once he just got the touch to it. Yeah, it was it was it was incredible. And how many times have we seen Owen Murphy do
1: that, right? I mean, I I think he's he's he has put himself up there with, with the greatest of the Kiketty goalkeepers and maybe the greatest of goalkeepers countrywide. Because, I mean, we've seen him so many times in the past do something like this. But in an occasion like an our Ireland semi-final, it's just, it, this wasn't hit from distance. so It was from close range in. the only one way that you could do is react to, to bring the hardly up from your body up to the height to, and then touch it onto the crossbar. Look, if it didn't hit the crossbar and it's gone to the back back of the net, there'd be nothing made of it. But he did manage to hit the crossbar. The ball comes back out and it's cleared. And it was a crucial stage at a time in the game. Where if Clare had got that, they probably could have went on and actually won the match. So, what credit to to one Murphy. Fantastic performance.
0: Ah, uh, 100%. There's no question about that. There was also tomorrow's talk about another goalkeeper on the Saturday match. This was Nicky Quaid of Limerick, when Galway were pretty much in the ascendancy in that uh, particular game. And there was a bit of an injury to Nicky Quay, which was questioned by the media afterwards or some sections of the media. And I saw John Kiley, the Limerick manager, kind of getting very animated about this and, and more or less saying like, what are people are suggesting here? You know, but I was at the match and I was sitting in the Hogan stand behind Henry Shefflin the Galway manager, who was very animated about this, because the game was stopped at a point for for whatever issue happened to Nikki, um, the game was stopped at a point where Galway weren't full flow, and I think leading at that stage maybe by five or six points. What did you make of that at the time, Michael? I didn't make much of it to be honest with you. Right,
1: I mean, I I, I watched it on on TV myself, and um, I was saying yeah, maybe there's something wrong with the helmet. Maybe there's some there, there is an injury after being picked up. Um. Have we seen this from Nicky Quaid in the past? I, I I don't think so. To be honest with you, and also, um, is it a first? Maybe it was a first. But look, yeah, I I can see the frustration on on definitely uh, on uh Shefflin on the sideline because he felt yeah momentum was with Galway. They were playing really really well at that stage. Slowing up the play didn't suit Galway, and they wanted to push on. They wanted to go and win the next puck up, and just slow slowing down the play. And suddenly, look, I suppose the thing that you you get Mike is. Everybody was, the focus was on Nicky Quaid and stuff like that. Is there somebody else in the field gone in issuing instructions at the other end of the field that nobody takes notice about at that stage? Does it give that but a freedom to get the messages across the field? And um, look, I, I, I don't read much into it, to be honest with you, Michael. I, I, yeah. I don't, Nicky Quaid, Nicky Quaid is like that. But um, if you have umpires that see that there's nothing there and there's a communication with the referee, yeah, he should go in and maybe give a yellow card for time
0: wasting if that's the case. But that, there was there's no indications of any of that. All right, sure. Fair enough. Look at, uh, Glenn, from your own point of view, did you watch the hurting by any chance in the weekend?
2: Oh I did I did, Michael, yeah, yeah. And and as as Tomas has pointed out there, the um, big talking point from the, the Kenny game was that fantastic save and um I suppose what makes it even even better is Sometimes you look at these saves and, and the ball sometimes hits hits the player or hits the earlier. But you could see where he he actually twisted his wrist to turn to turn the ball up a, a higher over to, to hit the post or to go over avoid the goal. And and it was it was a reflex shot as well. You know, there are times where goalkeepers are probably expecting a shot and, and can position themselves, but that was very much a reflex shot and it would have been a brilliant goal from that perspective. So you know it, from that point of view, it really was a brilliant save, and I suppose the the, the point about um, Nicky Quaid and the goalkeeper was all this comes down to game management, um, and there's not nothing saying he wasn't injured, but you know if he was slowing down the game, so what, if you can get away with it, so what, yeah. and it point. Managers. You know,
1: this, this this is coming from a Galway see. you have got to be careful. You know
0: I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, no, it's not this is all impartial, I suppose. Oh, no. They wouldn't have enough experience in that regard, <laughs> Well, no, no, I I I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you to hear tomorrow. Uh, yeah. To tell you the truth. In in the second half of that match, uh, for, for from my point of view. Uh Nicky Quayle could have laid down the gold note and taken out a newspaper because gold we were gone at that stage anyway, so it doesn't matter. What will, yeah,
1: we'll, we're all going to come to that in the second. I have the second part. Of it, all right. What you got there for? Yeah. yeah. I like
0: it. I like it. Yeah. Then, 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 right. Let's talk to you. Let's talk football, obviously. And and just can I ask you how how would you sum up the season from obviously from a Kildare's point of view?
2: Well, I, a very, I suppose, honestly, it was a very disappointing season, really, Michael. Um, we felt last year we had made progress, and if it was if it was to sum up our first year, I would have said, um, happy with the performances, but dis- disappointed with the results. Um, I suppose this year we would have been disappointed with performances and disappointed with results. So, you know, that's that's not a good way to reflect back on the season. But we mm. made a lot of progress, considering it was. Ultimately in the end of the year, the, the, the trials and tribulations that we had in the league, I think, stood to us. I think the players showed um, great leadership and hunger to try and get things right, which ultimately I suppose allowed us to to finish the year with the graph on an upward curve, I suppose. Yeah.
0: I suppose I suppose, Glenn, it's it's always the case in a situation like this when you reflect on the season. And, and you go back through it, which none of us can do, but if you got the chance, would there be things that you would change? Would there be things that you might have done differently, do you think?
2: But that's that's what makes the year, in some ways, very confusing from a management perspective. Um, I don't think there was anything, if we had more time or if we went back over again, that we would like to do. Um, I suppose teams, at times, you just fall into a rush, you can fall into a rush of, of losing games and then the, the the opposite side of that is uh, you can get momentum and win games with very little in difference in the performance. Um, ultimately, I suppose you like to, to judge a team on, on their effort and, and what to put into a game. Um, we would have been disappointed on occasions during the year that uh, the work we'd done in the field wasn't reflected on, on, sorry, on the training page, wasn't reflected on, on game day. And we worked very hard over the year to, to try and improve on that. And certainly in the latter half of the league, we finished off the league winning two games, or, or, or we had done the championship then with a bit of momentum behind us. Um, we put in some some very strong performances in, in the championship. Ultimately, we, we were very disappointed against Dublin. We really hoped we would challenge Dublin in, in that, Qualifier game um but it, it it was it was frustrating here because the amount of time and effort that was put into the player certainly didn't reflect the performances that day that they gave Oh, you know? yeah sure yeah um, obviously there's a
0: bit of a break now from a county point of view going forward what's your assessment of the situation in Kildare going forward?
2: very good years at under 20 level. We won the All-Ireland this year and beaten in the All-Ireland final last year. So there's great hope that there's there's fresh talent coming through and more importantly, talent with a winning mentality. A lot of those players who won that under 20 will have also been involved with, with CBS, who won an All-Ireland. Um, so it, it's great to have talent which, which most counties have but to have that talent uh, backed up by a knowledge and an ability and and a background in winning All-Irelands will hopefully help to to make a big difference in Kildare over the coming years. Sure, sure, yeah. Looking forward,
0: Glenn, just to more more recent or more um, in front of us things, if you like. Um, two big all ireland semi-finals, of course, at the weekend, Dublin, Monaghan on Saturday, Kerry and Derry on Sunday. Can you give me your thoughts on those? How, how do you think those are going to go? Because, because we know, Glenn, what everybody is thinking here.
2: <laughs> it's going to be final. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and if, if we told we were going to get a repeat of last year's semi-final, so we'd certainly we'd all plumb for that. But um I think great credit, first of all, must go to, to Monaghan. Um they're the one team that everybody writes off every time they go to play at the start of the league. They would have been the team that people said were probably going to get relegated. But they just year in year out, game after game, they go against what the popular opinion is, um, and for a county of its size, uh, it just uh, how they continue to to go against uh, perception is is they deserve huge credit. Um, and you look at their miners getting to an Ireland final this year as well. But I I think the one thing that 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 may catch them out at the weekend is that the strength and depth of their panel. Um, Some of the the performance that their players have produced over the last number of years has been phenomenal. And you look at the Hughes' and and McManus' and and all these great players who have done it year in, year out. Um, You just wonder, is their panel just going to get stretched at this stage? There's been a lot of football in a short period. Whereas you look at at Dublin, there's a lot of players who are coming back from injury. Um, There's a lot of freshness to that Dublin team now. You have Kieran Kilkenny, who was out injured for a while, coming back, Jack McCaffrey, Paul Mannion. I think there's a freshness to Dublin that's going to really benefit them at this stage of the year, which not too many other teams can say. Oh, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Michael, can I just ask Glenn there on that? Of course,
1: episode? you can. Uh, for- yeah, Glenn, yeah. And like, we just take for Kerry in Dublin, and uh, it has been mentioned in a couple of episodes about the timing, Glenn, of getting things right, and uh, Kerry losing to Mayo. And kind of Dublin not being at their best there on the season. People are saying, Oh, these guys won't be won't be contesting an Ireland final. But they've come they've come and the timing seems to be very, very right. I mean, there were awesome performances the last day won weren't it, by the two teams, you know? There were is 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 that something that maybe you as a manager and other teams have a manager that put in so much? I mean, we mentioned about colleges football, we mentioned about your national league campaign, that you have to be at the top of your game. Then you have a provincial series, and now you're going into qualifiers. It's an awful lot to be asking in a very compacted season. If you have a small panel, isn't it? Well, certainly, Thomas. It's
2: from a management perspective, managing your panel is is of more importance now than you would say at any other stage. And yeah, in I suppose the way the way the the competition is run now. Uh, yeah. But I, I suppose Dublin Dublin, and Kerry are the two teams who can take the beats but still move forward without having to take a step back. Um, there, there are a lot of teams who, when they get beaten, probably end up beating themselves up um, and looking at what went wrong and, and it takes a lot of energy out of the group. Whereas with the panels that they have and the success that both teams have, they can yeah. arc it forward very quickly. And I think that's that. the way games are now. It's more time should be put into looking forward as opposed to looking back. Yes, absolutely. There are areas of the game that you want to improve. There's parts of your performance that you, that you want to get better. Um, but sometimes analysis can become very negative. Where I'd imagine with Dublin and, and, and Kerry, they can afford to have those poor performances without it knocking confidence. And, yeah, and that's what other teams have to deal with yeah that's
0: a fair point Um, Glenn before we let you go just one other thought now we've talked about Dublin Kerry we've talked about Monaghan but let's give a shout out to Derry here because obviously they're the other team in an All-Ireland semi-final on Sunday okay they're up against the All-Ireland
2: champions do you give them a chance? I would give them the chance Um, I certainly would if it was I think in the middle of the league as the league was going ahead I would have said that Derry were the best team in the country yeah, uh, the the way they were playing, um, and I don't think the way they have played of playing has changed an awful lot. I do think a little bit of the pace that they had going forward has has maybe stifled a little bit. I'm not sure whether that's down to teams now being able to play against them a bit more, they're certainly a lot more under the spotlight. Um, and did it, they, did, they did play a very quick attacking game, but they also put a lot of players, I suppose, inside the the 14-yard line and, and created great depth which seemed to allow opportunities in front of goal, and, and that's maybe something that, that was going against I suppose a lot of the common thinking at the time so deserve great credit for that maybe teams have, have copped on to that a little bit but it would in some ways as well um, they've played with very small numbers in terms of the depth of their panel also Yeah, yeah and a lot of these players have come through a great campaign Uh, in 2022 winning the Ulster title and and getting promoted up again to Division 2 and following on from that the Glen had a fantastic run to win the All-Ireland club Um, and during that period had players who were playing with the Glen still playing with Derry came through again a very impressive league performance and now through um, which has times been a tough campaign in the qualifiers and and in, in the group stages and I just wonder again about their freshness yeah, been put well a good few times over the last 12 months, probably more so than uh, Kerry and Dublin. And I think this is really going to test the depth of their panel. And And I know hunger, we all have great hunger at this stage of the year in All Ireland semi-final. Um, but just to keep going back time after time with the same players, I just think there's a, a big question mark over them going to All and semi-final against the all Ireland Champions. I know, what I suppose. I suppose then we're going
0: to have to wait, obviously, to the weekend to find out the answers to all those questions. One last thing before I let you go, by the way, because uh, I think it's only right we should reflect on this. It is 25 years ago since that Kildare team that you played on under Mick O'Dwyer and all the rest of it, and um, and and it was it was a great season that just just from an All Ireland point of view came up a, a, a tad short against Galway, obviously in the final. But that was way back nineteen ninety eight, and do I, I presume obviously you 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 reflect on all that occasionally?
2: Oh, we do, yeah, yeah, and and I suppose in Kildare we see ourselves as one of the, the traditional footballing teams, but you know, in terms of success, it's it's we haven't had much, and and that team I suppose brought a, a lot of smiles to people's faces during that period, um. But yeah, particularly with the, with the lads Dermot and, and, and Anthony and Johnny and Brian Lacey involved, you all would have been involved in 98 with the exception of Johnny who came into 2000 and we do look back and reflect on those years, it's been, it's been fantastic years um, we, we don't try to bring I suppose that to, to the current team but what we do try to impart on them is you have to take these opportunities when, when you arrive at your doorstep and, and to play for your county at this level is an opportunity. Nobody knows what's what's going to happen next year. We're all in a privileged position to be able to play at this level and to really grasp these opportunities with with both hands. Is something that when we reflect back on, we we maybe didn't take, we took it for granted. Say, no, um, we we won, we were beating Dalar in the ninety eighth. following when you were beaten in, in Leinster, well, I suppose we were rolled over very easily, and we got back to another in semi final in two thousand. Um, but I think we took 99 for, for granted which is something we shouldn't have done uh, so yeah. the, the one learning you would take 25 years on is that these opportunities you must take them because you just don't know what's around the corner
0: no you do not indeed but I suppose one of the great things about it then on reflection that I remember that obviously that Kildare team so was that was a great team that you were playing on you know and um, and you still had success. Maybe the All Ireland just got away from you, but you still had great success. Listen, well, it's been we were privileged to. also
2: like we were. It was just a privilege as well to be involved with Mick O'Dwyer. Like so to Bobby say you're you're managed by the greatest manager and the, the greatest GA figure of all time. I I, I certainly believe that we're honoured and privileged to be to be able to serve under him.
0: Uh, there was a, there was absolutely no question of that. Church was he was like whether it was with Kerry or yourselves or Leash or whatever, he was like the pipe Piper going around the place, kind of you know. But um, <laughs> he, he never took up hurling, though. He never took up the hurling, man. That's why he was so good at the football. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> the the golf is as
2: close as we got the harling, isn't he got
0: to
1: hurling team. Yes, it's the closest in the small world. We're not ready to. <laughs>
0: Glenn, listen, Clan. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. um Appreciate your time. Thank you very much indeed, and uh, good luck for the rest of the year. Great,
2: lads. Great to talk to you. Thanks very much. Thanks for having yourself.
0: Listen, at this point here on the show, we're going to take a, a short break. If you want to join us for the second part, when we have Pat Balan, he'll be joining us here now because Pat's coming on. There is a subscription. It's uh, four euro a month, and you can get the joining information at www.thegameonsunday.com. So hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon. Hello there, everyone. Michael Lester here with you again. You're welcome to part two of this week's Game on Sunday podcast. Tomás Valkyrie is still here with me and we're joined for this section of the podcast by Pat Spallan. And Pat is here, of course, because it is, Pat, coming up a huge weekend in football. It's an
3: absolutely brilliant weekend. The second last weekend of the football championship. So, really looking forward to it. I mean, look, uh, according to everyone, like everyone wants the dream final. What is the dream final? It's Kerry Dublin. Uh, Dublin are raging, raging favourites. And Kerry are hot famous <laughs> now, uh, so it would be a shame to disappoint. you know what the people who want to carry Dublin. Look, Michael, uh, Dublin and Manon, and and I know. And look, we all fall into the trap of being patronising about Manon, about being a small county punchy above the way, their weight. They're all warrior-like spirits and whatever like that. That so we don't give them the respect that they deserve. And yes, they're damn good footballers and. You know they're probably out of the four teams here. They're probably the oldest team still left in the championship. Even though Dublin are running them close on that. Uh, you have to admire the way they've regrouped. Michael, I watched them play in Killarney in the in round two of the National Football League. It was, it was the worst modern team I've ever seen play in the National League. They were beaten by eleven points, and believe it or not, something like sixteen fellas who played that day were involved in the quarter-final victory over Armagh. So you've got to admire and respect and applaud what Vinnie Corey and his management team have done. He's managed the game time, particularly of the older players very well, and he's brought them to the boil at the right time. They've they've retained Division I status. Uh, they're into the All-Ireland semi-final. I would suggest that they're in bonus territory. And, Michael, we could waste the rest of the time with telling you this will be close. It's 50-50, it's it, there's only a bounce of the ball between them and you know. But look, there's no point in wasting listeners uh, time. This this Dublin will win. Dublin will win handy. If 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 Monaghan keep it to a single digit defeat, they will claim some sort of model victory. But I just I watched Dublin against Sligo, I watched Dublin in the second half against Mayo. And I just think we talked about this one word all the time, Kerry and Dublin timings. Uh, Dublin had a nice handy run through Division 2 without straining themselves. A stroll through the Leinster Championship. Now they're getting their act together for the two biggest matches of the year. Uh, They were devastating against against Mayo in the second half. Uh, They just turned the screw. They pressed on on Mayo's kick out. They played a high tempo, high energy football. And, you know, that slow, ponderous, safety-first football that we're playing in the latter years of Jim Gavin, that's gone now. And there's a more attacking football. There's kicking in the game. They're taking on the fences. And look, Michael, OK, the is Dublin are going to win and win handy.
0: Do you think, Pat, it's a case of, uh, obviously, when Desi Farrell came in there as Dublin manager and following on Jim Gavin and the success that Jim brought to Dublin, like was unreal, like, I think. Do you think, I mean, a lot of people were saying... Uh, in the first year or so, ah, Jesus, Desi isn't up to the job and all that kind of stuff. I presume it takes a while to kind of settle into into this role and 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 set your mark on things.
3: Well, yeah, but you know, okay, for for the last two years, uh, I mean, after wh- I think six or like what Dublin have achieved is unbelievable. It's a six in a row, and and. My admiration for what they've achieved is because they're amateur players. In professional sport, when professional teams dominate for six, seven years or whatever like that, the more they win, the more they get paid. So, Dublin footballers are amateurs. To keep the same commitment that's required to win it all year after year, the same energy, the same focus, the same hunger, was unbelievable. And I think six in a row... Securing that record, that was what they wanted. And there's no doubt about it, there was a lapse in their play. There was a dip in standards over the last two years, being beaten by Mayo, and even to a lesser extent in, against Kerry in the semi-final last year. Albeit, they were probably unlucky enough to have beaten Kerry, because only that Johnny O'Shea wonderfully But this year, I've seen a team that are energised. But there's a couple of things I see. I see in this team, Michael, uh, with Daisy Farrell. I think this is the last hurrah. This is a team that are going, a lot of their players, we won't see them again in a Dublin jersey. So whether mm. it's Stephen Cluxon, whether it's his Paul Mannion, whether it's Mick Fitzsimons, whether it's James McCarthy, all brilliant footballers, all Warriors, but this is their swan song. This is their last hurrah. And they've certainly got everyone back to bring back Paul Mannion, to bring back jo- Jack McCaffrey and Stephen Cluxon. That showed. This is it. We're going for We're going for big dish. And you know what is the missing piece in the jigsaw this day is the addition of Pat Gilroy to the management team. Because Gilroy is a very shrewd booker. He's a very astute man. And he is playing a very hands-on role. And I noticed this first at the game in Makovich Park when they played Sligo. First of all, he was he was in the middle of everything. The warm-up at the start. Gilroy was driving that. And you've seen the photographs of him last two weeks going crop out as a mayor ishko. And I watched him on the sideline against Sligo. And I watched him on the sideline the last day. And he's constantly shouting it. And the one thing that they were shouting after 20 minutes, Dublin were in a lot of their games, they've been sluggish. But after 20 minutes, Gilroy was for the rest of the game, he was roaring to take them on, take them on, pace, pace, attack, attack, attack. And that's when Dublin took over. And the same the last day, he's on the sideline. He's urging them to take defenders on, take them on, take them on, play high tempo. And when Dublin played that high tempo game, and they're also using the kick pass very good. So with Gilwright, with the old fellas back, they're going for the last terrain This is the, their swan song. And this is why they're so focused and they're coming to the bite at the right time. Uh not a look. Doctor, I, could, I,
1: could, I, could I just say there, I mean, that this 10 minutes is... Unbelievable because there's no mention of Kerry really. Just one word I think he mentioned about Kerry. And you you're kinda of, you're kinda of giving me the impression, Pat, that you'd love to see Dublin win the swan song for a lot of these players and they go out on a high note and a winning note. This is a trouble with Tomas, he doesn't even listen. You asked me a question
3: <laughs> about Dublin and I just gave an answer about <laughs> Dublin. So I, I so, <laughs> Like why is this fella on like, This guy has uh, <laughs> I noticed <worked> this <laughs> lately with Tomas. Tomas is only possessor possessing of a transmitter there's no receiver in it so will you just listen to Mars tomorrow Michael asked me a good question about Dublin actually he asked me two questions about Dublin and I gave him two two questions I gave him two answers on Dublin so go back to sleep there Tomas and stick to the small ball
0: right Michael just well, same, same 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 pattern Clotty no yeah that's, that's Patrick, Patrick, yeah, present, yeah, listen come here uh, see that he actually referred to it there let's talk about Kerry and Derry of course obviously which is the Sunday semi-final, of course. Um, yeah. How are you, lads shaping up? What do you think? Uh, of the two
3: semi-finals, this is going to be the tighter semi-final. This is going to be the tougher semi-final. Uh, yes, I fancy Kerry to win, but I tell you this, this will be a tough contest. So what do you see? Uh, like, Derry have ticked all the boxes this year. You know what? They, they got promotion out of Division 2. They retained their Ulster title. They're back in the semi final for the second year in a row. What do I see in Derry this year? I see a better Derry team this year, a team that have improved, a team obviously that has experience being in the second. We know what they will bring. They will set up very well defensively. They will bring the 15 fellas back behind the ball. Uh, and they're very good at the counter-attacking game. Defensively, they're top class. I mean, I you watch their performance against Derry or against Cork. Like, against Cork, okay, uh, Albeit Cock were a limited attack, but they only conceded 1 8. But what I liked about their defending, I liked how disciplined they were defending. Not once did they give a scoreable free away to Cock to Stephen Sherlock inside the 45. That was good defense. They have some great man markers in defense uh, Conor McCluskey and Chrissy McCaig. So defensively very solid. And bear in mind, Tyrone had the similar system, but they didn't bring the normal aggression and intensity. Uh, Derry will bring that intensity. What else do I see about Derry this year? Obviously, a very impressive. They have one of the best midfield pairings around in Conor and Brendan Rodgers. They certainly have improved as an attacking force this year. Last year, they were a bit of a one trick pony in that they were set up defensively, they counterattacked, they hadn't committed pl- enough players up front. This year, I've I've been impressed by that forward play. They commit more players to attack. They have more players in front of the ball. They're kicking the ball more. I I like their play, and a lot of teams have picked it up since. I like their play. They're trying to play three or four of the forwards inside the 13-metre line. It's a very interesting play, and it's a very smart move because it occupies defenders. So if you are yeah. attackers inside, you're bringing four defenders, you're creating that little bit of space, and I like that composure on the ball. They have a kicking game, but they're great at identifying space, they're great at having runners coming off the sword shoulder. But when it comes down to it, Michael, I'm very simple to take rule of thumb when it so, will a team win and will a team win in Ireland and I always look you can talk about systems and you can talk about processes and you can talk about great blanket defences and great man markers the team that wins in Ireland will have to have a, several, two, three marquee forwards will have another two consistently high scoring forwards and every time I look at Jerry Clay, I said it last year the reason Derry wouldn't have won an Ireland last year was because they hadn't enough scoring forwards. They hadn't enough marquee forwards. And it's the reason why Derry would not win an Ireland this year. And they won't beat Kerry because they have one marquee forward. That's Shane McGee- McGuigan, an excellent forward. Hence, scoreless against Cork, by the way. And the rest of the forwards are sporadic. They're not consistent score getters. So wh- where is their Achilles heel? Their Achilles heel is up front, uh, the record is he is up front. They haven't got the forward scoring power to beat Kerry or to win an Ireland. And you know, one final thing, Michael, and, and you know, people talk about the influence of managers and whatever, is, but there's no doubt about it. I've I've certainly detected since Rory Gallagher has got weight from from his role as manager. I think standards have slipped. Because Gallagher was the guy, a bit like Pat Gilroy with Dublin, Gallagher was the guy on the sideline, cajoling, roaring, screeching, instructing. And I think since he's gone, they were okay, okay in the Ulster final. Uh, go through the qualifiers, a draw with Manon, they weren't, they weren't very inspiring. Against Clare, at halftime, they were a draw against Clare. A reasonably good win against... Against Donegal, but Donegal were poor. And like, while they never looked like losing against Cotton, they weren't great either. So, uh, Michael, at the end of the day, we talked about that one word with Dublin. I'd use the same word as regards Kerry. Timing, timing, timing. I think Kerry and Dublin have got their timing right. Kerry and Dublin will get to the all Ireland final, and we'll have a lot of talking to do
0: after that. We've got a deal. By the way, speaking the speaking part of, of Derry, I suppose we should give a mention here to their minor team, because obviously they have some very nice players coming through as well, maybe, for the next... The next... Actually, it's... Look, first
3: of all, get my... Well, yes. Uh, I watched the game Disappointing game, though. No. A disappointing game. Manon had the benefit of the wind in the first half and kicked an awful lot of wides. Derry lost a man with 20 minutes to go and still never looked like losing. This is a seriously impressive Derry team. Very good. They have a young fella there, wing forward number 12, Dina Wise at McGuckin. Oh, Jesus. But they were very well coached. Very well organised. Never looked like Winnie. I felt sorry for Mallard, Uh, They have never won an All Ireland minor title. They probably will it'll take them a while again. But well done to Jerry. I mean, there's serious underage talent coming through. This is the second minor title in recent years. They're doing well. I There's two things about it. I still believe Michael I, and my two rounds. First of all, that final, under-17 final, All Ireland final, should have been played in Cork. And though it is wrong, and there was a great crowd and a great atmosphere in our last Saturday, but this final should have been played in Croppart. And it would make sense because you could have had that final involving Derry a moment before one of the big semi finals this weekend and have the Talton Cup as the undercurtain raiser. So that's number one. The final should have been played in Crop Croppart. And number two, I still believe, and I don't give a Tuckney, uh, after 35 years of 40 years teaching and training and coaching or whatever like that. I, under seventeen is the wrong age group at this level. Under seventeen are young lads, they're adolescents, not physically, not mentally matured. They're now being subjected at fifteen years of age to all the pressure, all the commitments, all the sacrifices that you're expecting of senior players, and it's wrong. It should revert back to we should have under eighteen and under twenty one. But well done
0: to Derry. Serious outfit. A serious outfit. Yeah, totally. By you're... the way, Pat, I totally I totally agree with you on that point, about the, the underage level have been dropped down a year to 17. Uh, I think that was, anyway, look, that's, that's for... Uh,
1: I, would I, north I, north I, I that. would I would agree there, Michael, as well. Look, I've been saying that for a long time as well in terms of the harding side of it, I see it as well, but uh, I, I the one thing I'd say to you, perhaps, what has proved very successful in terms of the uh, staging of under-20s and minor out our finalists outside of Crow Park is for participating counties. I mean, you saw uh, the cart under, or the cart fee obviously under 20 match in and um, I th- I th- it was 30,000 there, you know, incredible numbers, right? So uh, would you get that in a, a, on a big match staying in Pro Park? Yeah, you'd love, yeah, but I, I definitely, I take your point. I mean, 17 is a way, way too young. We have a lot of guys that are playing under 17 or just 16 years of age. They have a full career ahead of them and they've been put under this pressure. They haven't even performed at school level and uh, they're putting through the rigours of an county scene I think the, you're right has to go back to 18 and it has to go back to 21 that's a debate yeah. or maybe end, end of season because there's there can be a great
0: discussion about this well as certain people say to me, on the point that you made about the, the 18 and under 21 level uh, from my point of view as one particular GE official keeps saying it's a no brainer so, if it's yeah. an old brain or yeah. put it back together again, you know? Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Lads, lads, listen, I want to talk to you about a couple of other things while, while we have the time. Sorry, Michael, oh, yeah. before oh, we about... go, we better, uh, because we'll be Not going. Of,
3: of ignoring of ignoring the rest of football. Uh, other football matches at the weekend, just briefly. Talton Cup, which was yep. a huge success last year and down in the final on Saturday it's the curtain race it's the Dublin banner I think it should be the curtain race on Sunday but that's the other day and the minor under fa- 17 final but it'll be it last year Talton Cup as you can remember was a huge success we had a cracking final between Westmeath and Cavan. and you can how important was it to Westmeath do you remember the homecoming the celebrations in Mullingar on the Sunday night so it's brilliant it's a big opportunity for two of these counties to win a national trophy uh, should Meat and Down be in the Talton Cup final? Of course they shouldn't. These no, sure are not much, no. these these are these aren't weak counties. These are underperforming counties. Talton Cup should be for Division Four, and the two teams relegated from Division Three. But anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Meat and Down. Uh, Down were very impressive again in the in the semi final against Leash. They hammered Leash by was it twenty two bytes, and I think. Down, down to win and by the way you have two other all ireland semi-finals and an all ireland final that will be played this weekend the junior final is the curtain raiser to Derry to Derry and Kerry which would mean by the way as a use to be that Derry-Kerry match with a junior final will have a will not touch 50,000 I'd be shocked but right on Friday night in Abbottstown New York play Warwickshire in the all ireland semi-final of the junior and London play Bill and the winners play which is nice opportunity. Winners day, the Cork to to Kerry, Derry and Sunday. So the, so the All Ireland
0: Junior final. I don't know who's going to win that. But anyway, always <laughs> oh, yes, excellent. Good. Well, no, no. It's right. It's right to give a mention to to these other competitions because um, yeah, we're we're uh, in the, the heat of the. But well, might you actually jump on a thing? On a thing, by the way. Sorry, just I,
3: I'll get the red. Kilkenny shouldn't be in this. Kilkenny should be in the National Football League, promoting football. That's number one. But what I like about New York, and I'm not too sure is it the same with London, but in the case of New York, it's it's American-born players, so that's brilliant. So brilliant, well done. They are doing great work abroad, and this is a nice way of encouraging the homegrown, the native New Yorkers playing with New York in the All Ireland Juniors. So I welcome this Junior Championship,
0: and I welcome the chance that they are playing in Croke Harkin and an All Ireland Final. One of two of these teams. That is true, and actual fact that you're right. They have done a lot of work in the yeah. States, and actual fact, uh, other other parts of the states, like Boston in particular, they're a bit miffed, kind of, that, that uh, all this this goes to New York when they feel they should be in on the act as well. But anyway, uh, another story. Um, I want to talk to you about a couple of other things. Uh, GEA-related, but not necessarily on the pitch. Uh, and one of the things over the last couple of weeks, lads, uh, it has emerged, we'll say, on social media and so forth, basically under the title of Trouble on the Hill, we saw it last weekend between Clare and Kilkenny. Uh, we saw it a couple of weeks ago at and Ar- Armagh, Trumnock Hill 16 in Croke Park. And, and there was one social media post of a, a, a fella hitting a punch of another guy and nearly hitting a girl in the process as well, and all that. Do we have a problem here? Um, I think, Michael,
1: it's it's something that is, is festering and it's, it's, it's coming to the fore over the last couple of last two to three years. I, 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 I'd I be concerned, I must say, and I think it's access to alcohol for a younger generation that is taking them to matches and, um, you know, there are early trips going up the country um, but it's getting access to alcohol wherever, wherever they're getting it and um, the younger generation, and look, I like the point and I like a bit of crack, but you must have a bit of behavior behind it as well. And we know, never in our history of the G8 do do we see scenes like that in terms of trouble breaking out between kind of rival supporters in a terracing or in a stand. And we prided ourselves in the g over this. And people from other sports couldn't believe it that we would put a mix of um, Participating team supporters together in a in a terrorist area or whatever, and they'd mixed before and they'd be singing and having a bit of crack outside pubs. And I I, I don't think it's a very very good image for the GM, and it, it does
3: concern me to be honest with you, Michael. It does. Yeah, Michael, but this is not just. I mean, this isn't. One has to. I mean, it's scandalous to see those scenes, but it's not just. This is not a GA problem alone. This is a societal problem. Uh, the problems of drink and the problems of violence and aggression associated with over-drinking. There's a huge big picture involved. I mean, and it's not just, gee, I watch League of Ireland soccer matches and you see, you see the, I mean, you see a small band of a hundred supporters from the opposing team and a line of guards all around them. And I mean, so, it's it's not, it's not a, but the, the scenes we saw from Hill 16 the last two weekends were were oh, horrible, it was horrible. Abonting, and abonting, hope, abonting. and, and abonting. hopefully, hopefully the culprits and the people can be, can be, can be uh, identified and, and suitably punished.
1: And mm. I, I look, you just kind of ask in terms of if they're in that condition going to the ground, should they get, should it get into a match, you know? Maybe there's, there's an opportunity to stop people there because not, not they're upsetting, it's upsetting to see them but what they're doing to other people that want yeah. to go with other kids and have a very enjoyable day supporting their
0: counties and they're ruining it for everybody. Now, mind you, lads, and, and Pat, your your fellow county man down there, former president of the GEA, Sean Kelly, did make the comment the other day that he said, look, it is a bit of a problem, but we shouldn't overreact to all of this no, kind of thing no. because it is actually rare. Uh, it is rare, Michael.
3: And look, the bottom line is you, you walk around any, fucking, any Irish town or, or city on a Saturday night or a weekend night and sadly these are the scenes you see on a regular basis so this is simply Irish society Irish drunkenness, uh, the problems of Irish society just being reflected on, on the terraces of In 16 but it's everywhere Michael but yes uh, obviously it has to be addressed but let's not have a knee-jerk reaction to what are very very isolated incidents Sure, but yeah, I but they're in, cr- they're increasing though, Pat. That's
1: the concern well, and that's the well, worry, right? And your know, pictures of of the last weekend, there there there've been issues at other matches where there's non pictures uh, shown and stuff like that as well. So it's a concern, and I know it's a society thing. And if you could walk down Patrick Street or wherever you want to go or a Con Street on the country, give a Saturday night, but for me, we 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 never really
0: had that exposure at GA, and that's a concern for me. It is a concern to us and you're right and and I think that the bottom line there you know, both put your fingers on this. Um, we haven't had a problem and Sean Kelly is probably right about that. Let's not overreact but what it is maybe just a sign of the times as the saying goes and let's just hope uh, it stays within it stays within a bracket and the bracket being a very small minority. Anyway, look at um, One thing before we go. <laughs> the big story that I have yeah. seen I think this year in GEA and we can talk about matches and we can yeah. talk about who's going to win the All Ireland. But the thing I, I nearly fell over the kitchen chair here the the other morning when I bought <laughs> the weekend papers. And I, I saw this headline in the Sunday Independent. I don't know if anybody else uh, it's okay. a scandal, like, Michael. I know it's around the bus. It's a scandal. But I mean it it, it, it is a scandal and and, and just to, to, to fill people in quickly on what we're about to talk about briefly here, by the way. Um mm-hmm. the headline was Ross Common have the wrong sheep on the yeah. county crest. And I looked at this thing and I said, am I, am I kind of gone as a double sighted here or something like that? But apparently, lads, yeah, Roscommon GA board have a sheep on, well, they yeah. do have a sheep on the crest yeah. and all that thing. And the county, the county crest, the county council crest, if you like, uh, has a sheep and pretty much the same kind of stuff. But apparently, yeah. it's the wrong, but the sheep... It, it's a scandal, like, like... It, it, it's a
3: scandal, and you're right. I mean, it's something we sh- we can't ignore, and there's no doubt about it. which is <laughs> GA officialdom. Hence, we'll have to rule. Uh, can I just bring to the attention of the listeners, there are only two breeds of native Irish sheep in Ireland, and the Ruscommon sheep is one of those two native breeds of Irish sheep. Unfortunately, uh, the the Roscommon sheep has a white face, and the face on the sheep and the Roscommon logo has a black face. So, wrong colour. All <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know oh. Michael is is bad. Bad black sheep was is it? Should have been the black
1: sheep, should it? I I said, and are they blaming the sheep for losing to Cork and Barney Parnegiee in the, the other and final. I I said,
0: I said, to, I, I said to myself when I read this, and I, I thought we might have a chat about it. I I said to myself, Lester, be careful here now, as a as a comic man and as a traditional <laughs> rival was common don't start saying smart things about sheep and heap and things like that kind of, you know but Michael,
3: uh, I think t- uh this podcast is is has a very bad <laughs> <laughs> and 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 as as
0: as they were as they were heard you he used to say okay okie talking." <laughs> <Okay, dokey. laughs> And by the way, for from those people who are interested in these kind of things. Pat talked about the two native breeds, breeds of sheep in Ireland. One of them, as he said, is the worst common sheep. And the other is called the Tlodower. And that's what? the one with the black and white face. From where? Huh? From where, Michael? From where? From Ireland? From yeah. so, what, no. what, what region? Senior, uh, uh, I'm, uh, Lord, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not expecting you. In I'm not exactly a sheep expert now. Come on, or <laughs> an headset anything else. Without <laughs> listen, listen, uh, before you guys completely sit here altogether, uh, I'll see you go. Thank you for joining me. Talk to you next week, lads. Let's Good, good luck. A pleasure, Michael. Thank you. Cheers. Bye now.